It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day of the week here on the podcast network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and all of the other major podcasting platforms out there. Be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday... Throughout the year, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Haven't done it the last couple of weeks. Been doing it on Wednesdays, but we're back to Friday starting this week. So go ahead and at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. But first, make sure to follow me at Julian Council. Getting this episode to you a little bit later than I usually do. Typically, it's available 3 a.m. on the East Coast and then midnight on the West Coast. But I've been under the weather here recently. No, I did not have the Rona. I went and tried to get a test, but apparently it's super hard to do here in Charlotte and I'm sure other places. But I was able to get one and they said I was negative. So that's great. I still don't feel great. But I'm here getting to the getting this to you out on Wednesday afternoon. So sorry for the delay. And for the episode today, since I've been sick, I'm not really making any new content, but I thought it would be fitting considering that Sunday is the final game of the season as the Panthers travel to Tampa Bay to face the Buccaneers in week 18, the longest season in the history of the NFL. The regular season comes to a close and the Panthers season will come to a close. And also the career for Mick Mixon will come to a close on Sunday afternoon. I spoke to Mick later or earlier this year, back in June or July, when I put out the two-part conversation with Mick Mixon. I took a bit of stuff from that interview because there's been some of y'all who've been listening recently who weren't here listening to the show way back when and maybe don't want to go back and listen to the full interview if you want to you can go back and listen to both parts but I thought I'd just take uh, some highlights from that interview cut it down it was about an hour-long interview got it down about 30 minutes so I want to play some of that as we sit here and look back at the 17 year 17 year excuse me run of McMixon as the Carolina Panthers uh, radio voice and there will soon be a new one and I I'm excited to find out who that will be, and I'm sure they will end up being a pillar of this community and being someone that we hopefully love and can share some positive Panther memories with in the future. Unfortunately, it has not been the greatest of seasons for Mick to close out on, but, you know, so is life, and I don't know if it bothers him all that much. He's enjoyed his ride as a Panther's voice, and he has certainly done a great job, and he's a great friend and someone I really admire um, with his time at the Tyrell Sports Network back in Chapel Hill to being here and Charlotte for the past 17 seasons. So quick sponsor here. And then on the other side of that, you'll hear part one of a conversation with Mick Mixon. 
It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours are about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it's just so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, you're in luck. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from. They have coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built Bar is coming out with a new limited time flavors all the time. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, as promised and super excited for this interview. Now joining me, the voice of the Carolina Panthers, Mick Mixon. Mick, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. I'm honored to be on your show. You and I, we go back a little bit, do we not? A little bit. You know what? The first time I ever met you, Mick, I don't know if you remember this, I was doing the Keller Radio Talent Institute up at Appalachian State. I'm not an Appalachian State alum. I went to Elon. And I came down there with Dan Valley Hill for the day. We were doing kind of tour around Charlotte. We checked out the Speedway, which I'd been to a number of years growing up and actually now work at NASCAR. Um, We went over to, I guess, the then Bobcats Arena, I want to say. It was that long ago. And then we also stopped by Bank of America Stadium to talk to you as we were all kind of getting the aspirations of being in radio. And we kind of had the sports talk radio day. And that was an important day for me because, as you can see, doing a sports podcast and i used to work at wfnz where we also crossed paths that was actually the first time i got to meet you which was a cool day for me as someone whose parents went to carolina my dad grew up in chapel hill our family has a restaurant there you might have heard of it mama dips so yes so we're big tar heels and to speak to someone who used to be a part of the tar heel network with of course the legendary woody durham was a really cool moment for me so it is good to finally sit down with you again i feel like it's been a long time especially with the pandemic kind of keeping us all apart for the last year plus. And my part was the best part, right? Better than the NASCAR, than the Bobcats and all that. Of course, of course. Not, well, you just fake it since I'm no, on podcast I, make me feel good. I thought it was. I thought it was. And it's, I mean, look, I, I grew up going to Bank of America Stadium with my dad. So it's always special to be in that building. And it's not every day that you get to kind of sit down and speak to someone who gets to be the voice of a team. And I feel like you probably understand this better than anyone, just knowing what you used to do back with Carolina. I think in college athletics, especially the person who is the radio voice for that university, they're not just the radio voice. I mean, they are kind of just the, uh, they're like one of the pillars, one of the out the forward facing people of the university. And like Woody Durham was for Carolina. You've been there for the Carolina Panthers for the past 16 years. Now going to be the 17th year doing that. Just your insights and just what it means to you to have been the voice of the North, for not just for North Carolina, but for the Carolina Panthers. Oh gosh, Julian. Well, back to the Keller thing for one hot second. I used to scan the audience when the, you students would come in. And I would look around, my radar would be on full alert for who's going to try to take my job one day and then who has the gravitas and the talent to do it. 
So I remember you well. I remember thinking, all right, I got to watch out for this Julian Council because he could be coming for me one day. But uh, yeah, your family is legendary and it's just great to be on your show. I think as I've I told Darren Gant and a few others who've been nice enough to inquire, all I ever wanted to be growing up was a sports broadcaster. And I get just as excited. I used to get just as fired up broadcasting high school football, dirt track, car racing, amateur boxing, church league softball, junior midget, peewee football. Didn't matter. Uh, it, uh, the game is the thing. And I feel the same way about the NFL. And so journalism's great. I mean, it's an awesome profession. But to be tethered to a mothership, to have the Carolina Panthers put their faith and trust in me enough to represent them on the air in the community at different uh, speaking engagements and things that pop up, other than convincing Dawn Elizabeth Thomas to add my last name to hers, it's been the great honor of my life. I have adored it. I've loved every second of it. In my view, it's, there, it's not the only way to be sustainably wealthy, but a good way is to have something you love to do and then do it for your, have your avocation be your vocation. And so I'm not trying to get away from anything because I've loved this gig, but I do want to get to something while I'm still young enough to enjoy it. And that'll be that farm life after this season. Yeah, it's interesting. You're 62 years old right now, Mick, which is not old, by uh, modern medicine terms, and you look great. Um, but a lot of times in your profession, guys like to stick around until their late 70s. They like they'll hang on for a long time. I feel like broadcasters are, are a lot like coaches, where you see a lot of coaches like stick around until just forever. And here recently in the state of North Carolina, you saw Roy Williams finally retire. Now Mike Krzyzewski going to stick around for one more season, and he's going to leave Duke. Is, is that – so for why? Why are you deciding to leave relatively young age for still a broadcaster when you probably could still do another decade if you wanted to. I love music. People who know me know that I love music a lot and played drums in some cover bands over the years. I'm the original drummer for the, and I started a band called Break, Wind and Fire. You're too young to remember, but we burst across the music scene with some fanfare in the nineties and then dissipated fairly quickly when our bass player, Ned, the grateful Ned Collette, moved to Florida. Also played in the Franklin Street Band where I met my wife. And then I had another band in Charlotte called Mick and the Ultras. But Julian, one of the first rules of cover band physics, it's a law of cover band physics, is you don't overplay. You want to leave them wanting more, hopefully. Far better to have a semi-intoxicated group of, 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 of concert attendees Hollering at you, one more song, one more song, Brown Eyed Girl, Margaritaville, Mustang Sally. You much prefer that than to have the manager come over and point at his watch and give you the, y'all are supposed to be playing 20, stop playing 20 minutes ago. So that's not my whole motivation, but it's a small part. And I never, I've never been one of those guys that wanted to, to stay on too long. Nothing against cats that do. I've talked to some of my colleagues because I've been thinking for several years. Once I got into my 50s, I started thinking, all right, what? how much runway do I need to land this thing and when do I want to do it? And so I talked to Brad. I love Brad Sham. He, uh, I said, Brad, how much longer are you going to work? And he says, until they pry the microphone out of my cold, dead, stiff finger. <laughs> and I wow. thought, that is not going to be me. I mean, that's fine for some guys, but I want to 
I want to pass it along to someone else and leave enough time for me to uh, be on my tractor and listen to that person call the games and root for the Panthers. We'll take a quick pause, then more with Mick Mixon here on the other side. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Your full name, according to Wikipedia, your page is Forrest Orion Mixon III. Is that correct? That is correct. Please give me some background on have the middle name Orion, because the only time I ever know about Orion is Orion's belt out in the solar system in our galaxy. Please, can you give me any sort of background? Because you're the third. So this is not just the first time this has happened. This is a family name. Please give me background on how you came to become Forrest Orion Mixon the third, better known as Mick Mixon, of course. I'll try. I don't know a lot or that it'd be very interesting. Fortunately, I'm sure for most listeners, it's the, there's not a lot I'm going to be able to say about it. But my dad, I'm the son of an engineer. My dad was a chemist, chemical engineer. His dad was a Baptist minister. His mom was a Baptist minister. His mom, my grandmother, was going to medical school, which was very unusual for a woman back in the 1930s. She dropped out of medical school to go into the seminary and then have a couple of children, my dad being one of them. So uh, Forrest Orion Mixon Jr. was my dad. Forrest Orion Mixon Sr. was his dad. One time, Julian, I'm interviewing at halftime of a Tar Heel game years ago, Bones McKinney, legendary former Wake Forest University basketball coach. Bones McKinney was also a Baptist minister. So about 45 seconds before the interview was to begin, Horace Bones McKinney, taps me on the leg. I pry my headphones loose and lean into him. And he says, son, I knew your granddaddy. I preached with him and he was a hell of a man in a damn fine order. And I could have just about started crying when Bones McKinney told me that. My dad's dad died when my father was in college. So I never knew his dad. And I didn't know my own father all that well. He died very young at age 57. And I was 29, just kind of getting going and didn't have the maturity to really try to circle back and learn some of the things that my dad was trying to teach me. But when Bones McKinney said that, it meant a lot to me. And so everybody's got a name like the Jim Croce song says, try to carry it proudly like your dad did and move on down the highway and see where things take you. But if people, Anybody that calls me Forrest or Mickey or F.O. or Forrest Orion, I know that I've known him for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome. So how did you come to have your nickname Mick then? Well, my mom gave it to me. My mom was an artist, a singer, a dancer. She could do paint pictures, do impressions. She thought she was mad at Bette Midler and Carol Burnett and people like that because she thought she should have been them. And these uh, stars treated her out of the rightful place, her name and lights and her handprint in the Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame that she should have been 
uh, treated to, but not that she had that kind of talent, but she didn't let uh, the fact that she might not have stopped her from believing in herself. And she just named me Mick or Mickey when I was born to, to differentiate me from my dad. So uh, I was called, I call, I was called Mickey, Mickey Mixon. That was my name and all through school and through college. But when I got out of college and got my, what would be my second job, this newscaster, news director who combined the testosterone of George Patton and, 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 and Vince Lombardi and people like that all rolled into one. He called me in his office one day and he says, Mickey Nixon is dead. Too young, sounds like a kid, and I shouldn't have hired you anyway. From now on, you call yourself Mick. Now get out of here. So that was a big shock to me, but I got, I guess I got used to it over time because I wanted to stay employed. <laughs> oh my, I love that. So are you born and raised Chapel Hill? Born in Wilmington, Delaware, moved to Chapel Hill when I was two and a half. My dad got a job at, uh, with the Research Triangle Institute. And so I grew up in Chapel Hill and, and, but I was never a UNC fan. I grew up a Duke and an NC State and a Wake Forest fan. Okay. So hold on there. Hold on there. Mick, so you were, what year to age yourself? I mean, I can't the math. Let's see, you're 62. Let me pull up my calculator real quick. Cause I just, I'm trying to understand what period of time was going on here that might have been possible for you to live in Chapel Hill and be so to and to be a fan of the other three of the big four and not your hometown, North Carolina. So 59. My dad was born in 57 or 53. My mom, well, I guess I can't I can't say my mom's age, but my dad was born in 53. So he he, he grew up there as a, as a Tar Heel as well in Chapel Hill, but not like you. So this early 70s, though, right when Dean Smith had those Billy Cunningham teams, that should have been the formative years for you to want to be a Tar Heel fan. But instead, were you a fan of what was going on down at NC State with, um, of course, the, the greatest player in David ACC basketball, David Thompson, and them winning in 74? Did you like the, uh, the, 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 the jacket that Norm Sloan wore at North Carolina State? Was that what it was? A little. Um, a lot of it for me, Julian, was every kid growing up in Chapel Hill, every kid's a UNC fan. And I don't yeah. know, I just thought it was kind of cool to be different. My dad went to state and and had taken some of his chemical engineering training there. And so I heard more about state growing up and he called it state college. So, uh, you know, those teams, that Monty Tao, Tim Stoddard, uh, Tom Burleson, David mm -hmm. Thompson, some of those NC State teams were hard not to follow. I was just an ACC guy, but it just UNC was just you just get bombarded with it. It was just in your face and Dean Smith and all when you grew up in Chapel Hill. So I just kind of wanted to be different. I loved Duke had a guard out of Pennsylvania named Dick Devenzio. Mm -hmm. Dick Devenzio passed away from cancer way way too early, but he was extremely smart. And one of the early, you know, we look at Jay Billis now as one of the people, really bright people to hold, try to hold the NCAA accountable for some of their practices. Dick Devenzio rode that horse as long as he could until he got sick. And then Jay Billis has, has kind of thrown a leg over it and done good things as well. But I love Dick Devenzio and I tried to handle the ball like him, a little peppery, you know, point guard, good passer and play good D. And I only wrote I've only written two letters, two fan letters in my life. I wrote Red Skelton uh, out in uh, Culver City, California, 
because I love the Red Skelton show. Never heard anything from him, never heard back. And I wrote to Dick DiVenzio and told him that I admired the way he conducted himself. And he wrote me back and sent me an autographed picture of himself. I liked the Wake teams. I liked how the, the esprit de corps that a small school like Wake seemed to conduct itself. But I wanted to study journalism, and UNC had that program. So I applied there and, and somehow or another got, uh, got in and went to school there. And once you go to school there, then, you're, then you love it. and You have a great yeah. time. And- Memories. You're all in. Was your your dad? I guess it makes sense. Yeah, if he's an engineer. I mean, if you're going to be an engineer in a state of North Carolina, you're either going to North Carolina State or going to North Carolina A and T. Um, so was he heartbroken when his boy became a Tar Heel? Good God, no. He didn't care. <laughs> he didn't. He, okay. <laughs> uh, I, no, he didn't. I tell people that um, I didn't grow up in the Great Depression, but my dad tried to simulate it as best he could at twenty three thirteen Honeysuckle Road. And he didn't care. I think he looked at me through a lot of my young adulthood and adolescence as if he was fairly sure I was not of him. That something went on somehow or another. Somebody else got in there, and um, and and certainly it was not his genetic material that caused me to be so left-handed and so nearsighted and so smart alecky and so procrastinating and so so verbal because he man of very few words. A lot of times I felt like I was being parented by Socrates. And I thought many, many times, why do I have to have such a nutty dad? And of course, I'd give anything to go back and have him ask me some of those pointed questions and converse with him. But that's kind of how life is. Yeah, it is. And that's, that's super interesting to hear. I mean, your, your dad sounds like a fascinating man, honestly. So you go to you go to Carolina. You graduate in in eighty. How soon on campus were you getting involved, kind of with radio? Because was that kind of um, ever since I was before that, I was in high school. Okay, and this will shock you, but I was not the alpha male, uh, star-studded linebacker on the Chapel Hill High School or the Gabby Phillips Junior High School football teams. No, you weren't so, leading the Tigers a victory on Friday nights? No, 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 I was in the press box. Press box was much safer. So, uh, but I worked in high school. I had this little, uh, we had a little radio show called Ins and Outs. So I was the sports guy on Ins and Outs. And, and that nerdy pain in the rear end kid that carried a notepad around and a tape recorder and a camera and a microphone and interviewed people and, and tried to write stories. And, and I worked at the local radio station. I rode my bike down there. I started working there when I was 15. And I didn't have a driver's license. I would ride my bike to work. Parents would not let their kids do that now. Too dangerous. No. All hours of the night, ride my bike in the dark to work the graveyard shift at a local radio station. But it was where I wanted to be. Julian, the lights, the sounds, the smells of a radio station just were an intoxicating place. And I loved it. And long before I got to even be on the air doing anything other than a you know, high school radio show and a few uh, sports reports. I just, I loved hanging out at WCHL radio. One more quick pause and more of McMixon on the other side. Hey, Panther fans, this is Julian Council with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back by using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon 
on cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code Touchdown to get up to fifty cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code Touchdown. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. I, I don't necessarily listen to a lot of games on radio anymore. I'm just not really in the car and just watching on TV, the visuals. And there's sometimes I turn it on because I, I don't love every announcer out there in the world. But one thing I always try to do is listen to the pregame show. And there's just nothing like turning on sports network and, and just listening to that same music that they've had seemingly for decades now and especially driving to chapel hill those days ago keenan stadium back when you were on the call with woody and just hearing y'all, y'all's voices was definitely one of those special moments of my childhood going up there with my parents so i thank you for that because that was just so cool and it's been cool to see you here for the past 16 seasons and one final season here coming up this fall with the carolina panthers was it ever a difficult decision for you to leave Chapel Hill, because you never planned on coming back. Just circumstances had it to where you were. Did you, was it ever hard for you to come over and take over for Bill Rosinski and be the voice of the Panthers? Did you ever feel like maybe I should stay in Chapel Hill? Or were you just ready to, to kind of be that play-by-play guy again and have this opportunity for an NFL team in Charlotte? That first interview, when the Panthers called me to invite me to come down and talk to them, I, I said, I even said to the Panthers, look, if you're just trying to check a box and talk to an in-state guy, let's just save each other's time. I'll be a Panther fan. You guys can listen to my work on the Tar Heel games if you want to, and let's just part company as friends. They said, no, we want you to come down. And and so I said, okay, uh, I will. So, and I knew I was felt like I was probably a long shot for the job because I didn't have a lot of football play-by-play experience. But when I came down, Julian, uh, and when I met, after that first day-long, there was about five day-long interviews spaced out over six weeks. And I was about ready to run out of suits, so I was glad they finally made a decision. But after the first day that I spent all day in Charlotte talking to department heads and being interviewed, I went home and I thought, if I can get this job offered to me, which I did not know if I could, still consider myself a long shot. If I could get this job offered to me, then I need to take it. These are exceptional people. Not that there weren't at UNC and in the ACC, but when I met some of these department heads, when I met, oh gosh, you know, Riley Fields and community relations and saw, got to meet Charlie Dayton and shake his hand and some of the ancillary, just some of the people who work there 
doing things that don't get a lot of, of publicity, I thought, man, this is, this is an incredible group of people. It's an incredible business uh, that Mr. Richardson has started. And, you know, I know Mr. Richardson has a backstory and, and I can only speak from my personal experiences, Mark Richardson, Jerry Richardson, John Richardson, when he was living, they treated me like I was part of their family. And uh, I, I just still amazed at and, and perplexed at why they did that and how they did it. But I'm so thankful they did. Yeah. And you've been here now, 16 years, 17 season coming up and I, you know, we, we, we go back to earlier in the interview and you talk about the Keller that day. I'm sure you remember me asking you this question then about whether you ever considered going back to Chapel Hill when Woody decided to retire back in 2011. Jones Angel, he's now the voice of Tar Heels. He's done a fantastic job. I love listening to Jones. How close were you, if ever close at all, to going back home to Chapel Hill and taking over for your dear friend Woody? Not close at all. I was very honored and tickled that UNC uh, called me, that they they rapped on my door and wanted to know would I be interested in talking to them. But I shut it down that night uh, when Carolina called me. I said that um, uh, that I had unfinished work in Charlotte, that my hourly goal, my daily goal, my weekly goal, my monthly, my yearly goal is to try to pay the Panthers back for the faith and trust they placed in me. And, uh, and that's how I felt. I knew Danny Morrison, who was the GM or the president rather of the Panthers. Then he called me that night as soon as he knew, heard that Woody was retiring. And he said, do I need to be worried about losing you? And I said, no, sir. Hmm. It's, it's just so interesting. You, you care a lot of guys because <laughs> what Roy Williams said, he, he had done finished business back in Kansas before he eventually did come back to Carolina. It took Dean Smith calling him, telling him we need you, but he, he would probably stay to Kansas forever if things had worked out with coach Doherty, certainly. And you, I mean, you of course never went back to Carolina and Jones is probably going to be there hopefully for the next, I don't know how old Jones is next 20 years or so, however long he wants to be there. Cause it's certainly, it's his job to have. And you decide, you decide to stay back in Charlotte and to thank and I guess to repay the Carolina Panthers, which I just think is honorable, noble. And man, you've, you've been great for a lot of us here throughout the, in the community. And I've appreciated listening to you throughout the years and make you're a good guy, man. And I, I just, that's, I wanted to talk to you because there's been so many questions I like about, I've asked you on this interview that I want to ask you for so many years. Cause I've always admired you from afar, just being a kid who grew up in North Carolina whose parents uh, went to the university, whose dad grew up in Chapel Hill and just growing up in that and as a Carolina fan and getting to hear you guys. And it's kind of like when I really fell in love with sports broadcasting, I can't say it's something I, I always wanted to do, but it's something certainly by the time I got to college, I knew that's what I wanted to do and uh, have so many great people in the state of North Carolina like yourself who represent our institutions and our organizations and franchises. It's been really cool. And it's been such an honor for me to sit down and talk to you this evening and I hope that everyone listening out there, Panthers fans, just people who are fans of you, that they got to really get some insight on who the man Nick Mixon is. And I don't, I can't speak for anybody other than myself, but it's going to, it's going to be sad to see you go. I'm excited for whatever is ahead for you the rest of your life. I hope you, you got plenty of years left to go. Um, you're going to be out there. I guess what on the fields in Alamance County, back where my, my alma mater Elon is listening to overtakes over for you. I guess just ask just one last thing. 
I, I don't I don't want to know who you want to be the guy because that's I'm sure that you don't want to put any pressure on anybody. But what advice would you have for the next person who takes over your seat there as the voice of the Carolina Panthers? Oh gosh, I, I would say number one, it's not about you. Don't think for one second that people are going to be tuning in to hear you talk. Uh, they're going to hit, tune in to hear the game. So uh, if I hear that you've referred to yourself unnecessarily, if I hear that you've created some hokey signature call to try to get, a, get on ESPN and get a highlight played, if I hear that you keep a record of how many games you've won and broadcast that you've won or lost, like you had something to do with it, I will get off my tractor and come to Charlotte and inflict bodily harm upon you. I would tell this person to say yeah, try to say yes to every single thing and don't ask to be paid. You're already being paid to be the voice of the Carolina Panthers. What that means is if you need to go, if you get the opportunity to go to a school and do read across America or a career day or a rotary club, an Optimus club, a Kiwanis club, if you can MC a banquet, if you can be a keynote speaker somewhere at a remote high school, drive, get in the car, drive the miles, put, put your, uh, suit and tie on or a dress if it's a, a nice outfit if it's a female who's the next voice of the Carolina Panthers and, and, and say yes enthusiastically to every request because long after people forget uh, how did your 10-5 touchdown call sound or how did it sound when you broadcast this game or that they'll remember uh, whether you were whether they'll remember the fabric of you they'll remember whether you were a decent chap or not they'll remember whether you try to remember their name and cared about them. And if you go to the Rotary Club in Albemarle in 2022, I'd advise my predecessor, my, net, my successor to keep a notebook and to write down who you met and write down what you talked about so that when you go back in 2024, you can say, hey, Matt, how's, how's that Ford F-150 running? Do you, do you still have it? How many miles you got on it? And you can say, uh, hey, Claire, how, did your son get into Appalachian State? I know he was really hoping to. And, and, and that way, when people tune in, they feel like they know you. And lastly, I would advise my successor uh, to be very, very careful what they put on social media. I guard my privacy. And when people hear the Carolina Panthers, I want them, if they hear my voice, Julian, I want them thinking in, in anything. They think there's a Panther guy. I think he played drums in some bands. Seems like a good guy. Taught some classes at UNC Wake Forest, according to what my friend told me. I don't want them thinking, here's how he voted in the last election. Here's what he thinks about House Bill 2. Here's what he thinks about this. Or There'll be time for, if you really want to slug it out online with people that you don't know, then have at it, but not while you're the voice of the Carolina Panthers because you're representing something that's much bigger than that and bigger than yourself. Yeah, well said, Mick, well said. Look, we have a great state here, the state of North Carolina, because we got so many great people like yourself, especially in sports media. And it seems like so many of you guys are just going away just to retire and to just go off and do whatever you want. It's just kind of annoying. I, but I'm happy for you. I'm going to miss you. I mean, you're not going anywhere, really. I mean, you're still going to be alive in here. I'm sure you'll be around. But I hope I can see you here sometime during the season and maybe during the summer just so I can shake your hand and thank you for the job that you've done and for making our Sundays and – my Saturdays and, a, and I guess a, and even every day of the week too, back on basketball evenings, um, a little bit better by just getting to listen to your voice and the voice of Woody Durham and Eugene Robinson and Jim Zoki and all the folks that I've worked with you, Sharon, Sharon Thorslin, 
Uh, I guess you know, Caroline Kane worked with you for there for a season. All the folks, Chris and Balboni, all the people that have worked with you over the years, the Carolina Panthers, and back on Atari Sports Network. So I appreciate you giving me the time here. Again, it was an honor to speak with you and just kind of to learn even more and understand who the man, Forrest Orion Mixon III, also known as Mick Mixon, is. The honor of this visit has been strictly mine, Julian, and let's let's make sure we all understand that. And I'm a little bit of a hugger, so when I, next time I see you, yeah, don't be shocked if I tell you to bring it on in and we'll hug it out. And uh, handshake works too. And I appreciate your interest and thanks for your thoughtful questions. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Mick. Just awesome to look back on that conversation I had this past summer with Mick Mixon, who someone I adore, I look up to, and I'm going to miss as the voice of the Carolina Panthers. But he'll be someone who'll be around and someone that I know I can always call on. So, Mick, thank you so much for your time there a couple months ago. And also, just thank you so much for uh, what you've given to us as fans who get to listen to this team. And, you know, it hasn't been great this year, but either way, we appreciate you. I certainly do. And I hope fans out there appreciate the job that you've done. And we look forward to the future, what you have and what is in store for the Carolina Panthers and the next radio voice here in Charlotte. So that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast hosted by me, Julian Council. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Please also check us out on Spotify and all the other major podcasting platforms. And please make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. For every Friday, answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. To get those questions into me, you can either at me or DM me. But first, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. On tomorrow's episode, it's one final crossover Thursday as the Panthers wrap up their season on Sunday on the road against Tampa Bay. Talked to James Yarko a couple weeks ago. Going to talk to his partner, David Harrison, who we also talked to a couple months ago because he was also the uh, Washington football team host. So we'll talk to him. Uh, we'll talk to David Harrison of Locked On Bucks tomorrow on the show. Until then, take care, be safe, and I will talk to you on Thursday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.